Welcome to Easy Money. I'm Jill, the money coach. I know what it's like to push through, to white knuckle it, to put in the time and get no results. I know what it's like to wonder what's the right way and to constantly worry about doing it all wrong. I've learned a whole lot from doing things the hard way. That's why I help coaches go from doing everything the hard way to making money easy. You want to create your dream life and dream business that's all about being free to do what you want, spend what you want, and build the future you want and do it all with ease? In this podcast, I bring you simple strategies for success for your business that make money easy. So it's time for easy money. Are you ready? Well then, let's go! Oh my goodness, have I got a treat for you today. I am so excited about the conversation I get to share on this episode with one of the coaches I've had the pleasure to work with. Karen Gillen is a master certified life coach who holds multiple certifications and a master's degree in counseling psychology. Her experience includes commercial fishing, family business, project management, restaurant service and management, and the hotel management side of small ship cruising. Lots of variety there. I love it. She has been concerned with revenue generation and client services since before she can remember. Her earliest work being lemonade stands, sweeping the floor at her dad's shop, and performing traditional Norwegian folk dances for tourists who made it to Alaska's Little Norway. Karen loves and coaches two distinct groups of people. She mentors fellow life coaches who are moving into their identity as business leaders, and she's a mindset coach for founders and execs who have had all the success they initially dreamed of and are now asking, hey, what's next? So enjoy this conversation with Karen. It's always such a pleasure to have a conversation with her. She's a thinker like I am, so I love that part of it. I love collaborating with other thinkers and other questioners. So enjoy this conversation. Well, I am so glad you're here, Karen. It is always such a pleasure to talk to you because I love the questions that you ask. <laughs> you're, you're a question person, kind of like I am. And mm-hmm. uh, so I am always blown away by the questions that you come up with. <laughs> and so I love having conversations with you because I always leave going, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just for context, because in case something comes up that we coached on, which is fine, I'm kind of an open book. So if something does come up, you coached me for six months and mm-hmm. it was an incredible experience. And I just appreciate your vibe and your energy so much. Uh, I love how you show up for your clients and um, just so giving and, and open. And it was such a good experience. So just put that out there to start with. (laughs) That's the best testimonial ever. Thank you. I appreciate it. And how awesome to get to be with an open book too, (laughs) because that makes it easier for me. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, I don't feel like there's any topics we have to avoid. (laughs) (laughs) No, me either. Uh, it makes it does make life so much easier when you're like, wait a second, do I can, can I, I talk can about I? that? 
<laughs> okay. So we get to talk about anything and everything I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Did you, is there anything that you want to share outside of, you know, because I always share the official bio, but I also mm-hmm. like for people just to know a little bit about the person. So is there anything you want to share about yourself that you feel like is interesting or that people maybe don't know about you? That's fun because I think every time someone asks us this question, we find out something new, at least that's true for me. And when you asked it at first, I was like that I'm a partner. Like I truly am a partner alongside of people with the journeys that they're on, whether that was when I was a commercial fisherman, like I came together and partnered with the captain about like, how are we going to do this thing? Right. Or in restaurants or in coaching, working with founders, mentoring coaches, like it's all, I'm going to partner with you for whatever it is you're here to do. Let's go. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yes. I feel the same way about my clients. Mm -hmm. It's like, I I mean, I really do agree with Brooke, uh, Brooke CEO, uh, on the, when she said, when I first heard her say, I cannot possibly know what's best for you. Um, right. but I can help you tap into what, you know, because right. I think that's the biggest block in our brain. And, and that's why I feel like questions are so important. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why I hired you because I knew you asked powerful uh, questions and I felt like at that point in my business, that was exactly what I needed. Now, one thing that I love about you is that you do have a rich um, background in entrepreneurship. (laughs) You know, you come from a long line of business owners and for a long time, I thought, oh man, if, if only I could have had that rich history and that, that experience. But then as I was thinking about this leading up to our conversation, I thought, you know, I see that as such a positive, but I can see how that might also you can turn that around and it could actually go either way because that could put a lot of pressure on you. It could be like, Oh my gosh, I have to live up to this, you know, thing that all these other people did, or I have to do it like they do. They did, Mm -hmm. or I have to do it right. Which, you know, a lot of, a lot of your clients. And I know a lot of my clients kind of think that same way. I have to do it right. And what if I mess up and they deal with all this pressure they put on themselves? Yeah. So what comes up for me in that is that if you were raised in a family of people who work for other people, it can take you from being a child in school to being an adult acting like you're in school. Hmm, Because tell me more. (laughs) So I'm still, I'm going to try to get A's. I'm going to try to please the teacher. You can keep that pattern going for your entire career if you want to. I think the pattern interruption that can happen if you're a kid raised around people who make their own way and make up their own future is that you, you see that like, it's all made up and that (laughs) you, you just decide one day to do something and then you can do that thing. And so in some ways it's like, as an 18 year old or a 
even a 12 year old, whatever it is, knowing that it's all made up and the big people just decide what they're going to do is a different way to walk through the world than thinking like there's somebody out there who's going to say what's best for me and that I'm good. Like we have to decide that we're good when we're our own bosses. And so it's a big, I mean, anything can be positive or negative. It's just definitely a different way to look at the world. Yeah. I love that. I'm stealing that thought for sure. It's all made up anyway. It's all made every single thing, every law, every speed limit, how birthday parties work. (laughs) Everything was made up by a human being at some point. And they may or may not have understood how amazing we were going to (laughs) be, how capable we are. Like they didn't know what was coming. I can't, when I look at my seven-year-old right now, I'm like, the world that I lived in when I was seven was almost unrecognizable to the world that she lives in as a seven-year-old. Yeah, Think true. it like just technology alone. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Freedom just keeps expanding. It It's all a matter of, are you going to take that freedom and experience the freedom, capitalize on the freedom, um, take advantage of the freedom, or are you going to use that freedom? freedom to put yourself in a box. (laughs) It's essentially what it seems like a lot of people do. And the edges are all made up. They're just decisions that somebody made you, somebody else, whatever, like we all, and we all have them. Like, I mean, and I think that's what we get to do as coaches. It's like, it's this continual unboxing. Well, what's here now? Like, where's that corner now? Does it still exist? Yeah. And this has been such a conscious journey for me over the past, I guess, not quite a year, but yeah, going through this journey of, because I came to this realization sometime last year, and this sounds pretty obvious, but, (laughs) but I really stopped and and realized like, oh my gosh, what is going to make me successful is everything that I, (laughs) that I don't like about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so crazy that. But wait, break that down. What does that even mean? Yeah. It was like all of the things that I saw as that I've always, you know, and always meaning like most of my life have seen, has seen as liabilities. I started to see as advantages, as things that set me apart as Mm -hmm. strengths of mine that I could use to help other people. And that's when like my mind was blown. Yeah. And so I, I really did step, start to step into the belief that I chose at that time, which was, and I, and I continue to live into now is being 100% you is exactly what's going to make you 100% successful. Yeah. And so I started to go on that journey for myself, because what I realized when I, when I, I was going to write about it. And so I started this book and I'm, I'm still working on it. Um, I'm going to release it this sometime between now and fall. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was, 
it was this journey that I started to go on of living into that belief. And mm. what I realized when I started to write about it is, wait a second. Okay. So I get that I need to become more me to become more successful, but what does that mean? How do I become more me? And that's when I realized, oh, I need to learn more about me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I've been learning about human design. I'd love that podcast that you did with Jackie a few episodes ago. Oh, that was awesome. That was a good one. Good. Yeah. I love that podcast. Um, so yeah, I've been learning about human design, um, Clifton 34 strengths. Um, you know, I've finally figured out my Enneagram type and not to say <laughs> it's a that, journey. yeah. And, and I think what a lot of people do is they, again, put themselves back in that box using these tools, but those tools, in my opinion, are meant to take you out of the box that you've built for yourself. Yeah. And, and so making sure that we don't, um, don't, um, stop ourselves, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, or limit ourselves, I guess if, if right. you, if you are using tools and you end up feeling more limited, then, you know, maybe you want to look at how you're using that tool because tools are meant to make us feel more free. And we can, we can weaponize anything, yeah, right. True. If that's, if that's where we're coming from, fabricate new edges. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you found that the, the more I tap into who I am and walk that path, there's less resistance and more momentum, but also more courage required. It's, it's easier and harder at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's like, I, I think about if we, all we do in our life is work on releasing the drag. So the stories yeah. that hold us back, like let's all like take all the anchors off, take all the hooks out of yourself, be who we really are. Like that's a part of it. Then you're like, okay, this is who I am. And then to really let yourself be who you are comes with a great amount of ease and flow, but it also taps into your like own terror yeah. <laughs> that the world will see you, that people will know who you are, that the, yeah, I think it's like terrifying and scary mm -hmm. and uh, exhilarating and that that's where like things can really build. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because what's easier than just being yourself other, you know, when you have, and what's courage, harder <laughs> when you have the courage to do that, because you yeah. don't have to think about, oh, what should I do? Well, you, the you that you truly are already mm -hmm. knows the answer to that. So yeah. it just, from that perspective, it, it makes things so much easier. And I love that you talked about releasing the drag because this is, <laughs> this is exactly what my retreat is going to be about this year is master your story because the stories that we buy into about ourselves, right. about the world, about making money, about building a business, right? We have stories about all of that stuff. And that's exactly like, I felt like my stories, once I identified them as stories, were felt like they were dragging me down. Mm -hmm. And like I was carrying this, um, 
dragging this, this big, heavy sand bag behind right. me, trying to build my business. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. But yeah. once I started breaking those stories down, which you help, you've helped me with Dave Moreno has helped me with, um, you know, some of the people I've peer coached with have helped me with this. It's a it's team like, effort. It is. Real. It is. It <laughs> takes a village. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a village to, to build a business. <laughs> um, once I started rebuilding some of those stories and started stepping into like who I really am, the stories that, that free me to mm-hmm. do the things that I know I'm made to do, then that starts to you know, like it starts to give me energy back because I'm not dragging that sandbag behind me. Yeah. Um, so I love that you went there because that was totally unorchestrated. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But it's so cool to think about too. For most of us, we have this calling. Like for you, you're here to be of service. It's like so clear. It's who you are. It comes out in what you do. In the most powerful moments of your work, you're probably being of service, right? Yes. And then we go to build our businesses and then we get all this junk built up. That's all about us. Right. And so there's all this BS clouding the fact that I came here to be of service and it's how, so we put all this stuff on us. Other people put it on us. Society puts it on. It's coming in from all directions. Let's be clear. (laughs) Everywhere. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, right. At the end of the day, the reason I came here are these pure and good intentions. And I need to use that knife to like slice through all of that cloudiness Mm. as often as possible without judgment of myself that the clouds appear every day. Yes. Yeah. It's part of the job. It's like, it needs to be on the calendar, cut through the BS, get to service from eight 30 to 11, (laughs) 11 start serving. Yeah. 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 Oh, so good. Um, yeah. So one of the things that, that I think is that, that you teach is, well, I mean, your podcast is, um, when I'm in charge. So Mm -hmm. obviously the, like when I'm in charge, this is the way that I'm going to do it Mm -hmm. because again, this is who I am and this is what I believe. And this is what I value. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, to get back to that, that topic of courage, I mean, that doing it your own way requires a lot of courage. And yeah, I mean, I feel fortunate that I have always had a strong identity. Just I, um, in my top 34 strengths belief is in definitely in the top 10. I, th- I think it might be number six. Cool. And And then I also have, you know, in my human design, my um, heart center is defined. And so I feel like that's something that comes pretty naturally to me. It feels fairly easy for me to stay in alignment because I, I would rather do it my way in be me, although there's a caveat to that. There's an asterisk that goes with that. Um, I would rather do it my way and fail than be out of alignment and succeed. Yeah. Which is something, which is something I really struggled with 
in my corporate career. Um, you know, corporate uh-huh. is not probably, they don't care uh, about your values. They have their own values. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I really struggled. That was a huge energy drain for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it, I had this belief and, I, and so even as I was building my business, um, I still had this, this belief was it's a problem that I am the way I am because I can't do it my way and succeed. Mm. And so it's, a, it's such a problem that there's the belief that any human being can be a problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause if we didn't believe that as a collective, we wouldn't think that individually. We have this capacity for holding space for the idea that there are people out there who are quote unquote problems. Yeah. That means we get to be problems. Yeah. We're not problems. We're humans. Do we challenge each other? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But like, what if no one's a problem? Yeah. And I drew truly believe that. And I think I, I think I have believed that for a really long time, but I think sometimes what we believe about other people is not always easy to believe about ourselves. Right. And yeah. so that's the asterisk, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was being me, but at the same time, I was thinking that who I am is a problem. And yeah. so I wouldn't always act like me. I wasn't always, I didn't always feel free to show up as me. Mm -hmm. And so I did a lot of hiding and, uh, you know, was in actively invisible (laughs) for, for a long, for a lot of my life. Yeah. Um, I wasn't always that way. I mean, when I was a kid, I wasn't that way, but at some point, I became a problem and then I became invisible. Mm-hmm. Well, and think about like all the roles. If anyone's struggling to feel what we're talking about, it's like we have all these roles. You can identify daughter, sister, mother, wife, um, white lady, like whatever the roles are that we all have. And then there's society's idea about the roles and the mm-hmm. constriction that that creates. So there's a natural constriction that's on us just the second we were born into the roles that we have and the identities that we have. So there's all of that, which we do live in. And then there's all the stuff on top of that, which we pick up along the way and that we create for ourselves in our own minds. Mm -hmm. And we all have, you know, different suitcases we carry or we came with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's work. It's real work. Yeah. Suitcases yeah. we came with, suitcases we've picked up along the picked way. Picked up at the weren't, shop. Weren't ours, didn't <laughs> right. ever belong to us. Right. Stop yeah. carrying everybody else's luggage. We all have enough of our own. Yeah. So if I have a strong identity and I struggled to do it my way, I can only imagine mm-hmm. how tough it might be for someone who doesn't have that strong belief. Um, right. Or that strong identity center. Um, yeah. Who yeah. maybe. Yeah. And then there's just so much more permeability about how things should happen. Should mm-hmm. quote unquote, which right. isn't the way anything works. So this makes me think about business building and like 
you go out there and if you don't have a strong sense of what your values are and how you want to do business, um, then you're going to think everything you hear is the thing to do. And then you're going to remember all these things you should be doing, but aren't doing. And then you can add judgment on top of that. So, I mean, I think one of the, not even, it is fun, but it's also has to be done is excavating. Like what have I put in my brain, turned it into a rule and made myself wrong for not doing it? Or what have I taken, turned into a rule, do it. And it actually goes against my own values for how I want to show up in the world. Cause those, those both feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. What do I do that? Say that again. (laughs) What are all the things we've taken on? So think of us as coaches, right? Yeah. So we become coaches. We love coaching. And then we're like, oh crap, I have to have a business. Mm. Not me. I was like, I want a business. What's it going to (laughs) be? But then it's, how do I go out into the world? and learn how to discern between what's for me and what's not for me, what's for right now and what's not for right now. Because if I don't have good, a good sense of guardrails and understand what my values are and how those are going to show up in my business, I'm going to be ping ponging all over the place. And that the effort that it takes to just be the ping pong ball, like good luck trying to get a client because or too busy recovering from ping-ponging all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. That just, I mean, that's exhausting. It is exhausting. Yeah. It's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting if you're doing it in alignment with yourself. It's deadly <laughs> yeah. to do the exhausting work and go in the wrong direction. Yeah. 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 So that's what you were saying a minute ago is you either stay in alignment with your values and then try to do the things that, that people tell you while you're trying to stay, stay within your values Mm -hmm. or you go against your values and do exactly what they tell you to. And both are not fun. Right. One of them can get you to money though, faster, probably. Right. So there's, there's these rewards and we have to decide, like, am I, what am I willing to give up on my way to what I want as success? And if you're taking on other people's goals, like if you're going after the goals that have been implanted in your mind versus the goals you've chosen for yourself, like there's a lot there there's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that can be. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it does, it does make it tough to to try to discern, do I want this for me or do I want this because I'm supposed to want this? Right. Yeah. yeah. And is this the way I want to go about it? Or is this just the way I've seen people go about it? Yeah. Where does my decision-making lie? Where does my responsibility for my business lie? Yeah. So can you think of examples in your business says, cause I know you've had mm-hmm. a few, um, examples in your businesses were that, where you struggled with that. Yeah, I think, you know, the, um, financial goals are a place where I've struggled. So we all have that hundred thousand dollar goal for a long time and then you hit it and then you realize that's not what I thought it was. 
mm-hmm. energetically, but also like the, <laughs> the word I want to get out is 250 is the hundred, right? Oh. So what you think is possible at a hundred is going to be what 250 is. That's been my felt experience. And that's what I see over and over again in businesses is like the freedoms that I think that I'm going to unlock when I hit the magical six figures is actually more at around two to 250,000. Right. So there's, there's that side of it. Um, And then there's the disorientation that I felt once I got to, you know, at one point I got to 400 for the year and I was overworking and I felt kind of terrible. And then at another point I was like, I think actually like, I want to hit 300 a year. I want that to be what matters. And then doing that consistently, then I'm like, well, what do I care about now? Like I've, I've taken the Legos that create a $300,000, 350 a year business. And I've moved them around in a bunch of different formations and created the same result. But now what? Because that's not the fun part anymore. Now, what do I want to do? What do I want to care about? What do I want to play around with? Um, Cause I'm not actually interested in having a seven figure business, not mm. in this, not in this iteration of things. So I just not think it's kind chapter. of, yeah, I think it's fun just to, to be in that disorientation and then decide, okay, well, what would make me change my mind? What, like if I did want a seven figure business and messing around with like, do I even want to have that goal? I don't know. I'm still playing with it. Like, what would, what would I really care about? Cause I love what I've created and yeah. I love living here and I like my life here. I like what I get to do here, but it, it was definitely, uh, you know, it seems like 10 years ago, everyone was talking about getting to hundred K and now they're all talking about getting to a million, but mm-hmm. that's just cause that's the new goal that's out there. But what do you really want? What do I really want? Yeah. Yeah. How do I want to live? Where do like, who do I want to donate money to? Where do I want my time to go? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because uh, I don't know that enough people really answer the question of, yeah, why do I want that? What am I going to do with that? Yeah. Do you want to manage people? Because if you don't, don't even build a business beyond 300 K, (laughs) right? Like (laughs) think about the person who lives out there because Also, a lot of us coaches get into this because we actually love coaching and we Mm -hmm. want to do the work and we still love one-on-one and that's a beautiful thing. And not everybody is here to be an online influencer, education, edutainment creator, right? And (laughs) it's not me. I've tried it. I'm like, no, I'm a coach through and through one-on-one coaching. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And, you know, and how do you get there except by experimenting right flailing around a little bit definitely yeah yeah there is no there's no certainty there no right the only reason I have the certainty I have right now is because of how much I have tried Mm -hmm. how many people I have seen walk paths nearby mine um, how many clients I have helped do similar things to what I'm doing like I mean, how, I think I've been in the business for like 13 years. And so I've tried all the things I've done all the online business gyrations that I want to do. And I'm getting really clear what I don't want to do and what I do want to do. Yeah. Having experimented a lot. Yeah. 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 Cause you can't really get that clarity from thinking about it. <laughs> right. You can get certainty without it. Right. Like we could manufacture certainty about Mm -hmm. this is the way I'm going to go. 
which I think as long as it lines up with your values and stuff, it's going to work better. Yeah. But yeah, the data points from this vantage point versus five years ago are definitely different. I have more data to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So what is a way that you're doing it that is uniquely your way? I mean, is there a way that you're doing it that's uniquely your way? In terms of the way I make money as a life coach? Uh, Yeah. Or just the way you're doing your life in terms of your business and your business in terms of your life. Mm -hmm. I think now that I've moved the Lego pieces around enough times and I'm at a space where entertaining myself with my business is less entertaining. (laughs) I'm (laughs) okay. You're going to have to expand on that, but go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So it used to be like, I used to think it was really fun. Like let's write the book. Let's, let's start the podcast. Let's start the second podcast. Let's do this thing. Let's try this kind of funnel. Well, what if I went all in with Facebook ads? What if like just all the different things you can try? And so that was really fun. Okay. But then it was like, I'm kind of done doing that stuff. I've done a lot of that stuff. I have been selling coaching for 13 years. I know who wants to buy from me. I know how they like to buy from me and I know what they like to buy from me. So what if I let myself quit all the things that don't work and do what does like, there are some very clear threads throughout the years of what has worked and what hasn't. And if I, and this is where, this is that path of ease, feeling vulnerable, courageous, feeling like crap. Um, (laughs) If I allow myself to take the path of the greatest ease where I'm being who I am, I have to feel courageous enough to quit doing all the things that I know everyone else around me is still doing that may or may not be working for them. We don't know. We can't judge from the outside looking in, Mm -hmm. but that's not working for me. Like, can I let it be easy? Can I let myself quit all the things that aren't creating the impact? Can I truly live by the 80, 20 rule and only do what works? Yeah. So that's, that's what feels entertaining to me now. It also okay. feels terrifying and feels hard, even though it's easy and makes me kind of want to vomit sometimes like all the usual good things. Yeah. So have the courage to do the things I want to do and not think, not the things that don't work for me and yeah. receive the judgment from myself or other people. Yeah. I'll myself. be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's be clear. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. No one cares uh, what I do more than me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and let it be okay that it's terrifying. Yeah. That's it. That's the secret sauce right now for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that entertain, uh, entertaining myself in my business is no longer, you have the best <laughs> like tweetable quotes. I swear. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh. Um, they just make you think it's like, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, right. Here's the yeah, other. So what if I just take a break from what's not me 
I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I'll keep getting the exact same results, but I'll have way more time. That's the worst that can happen. And, and way more enjoyment. It yeah, feels, potentially. Like, to me. like, I mean, in my experience so far on this journey, <laughs> I mean, you've been on that, that journey a lot longer than I have. But in my experience, I'm like, oh, this is what they meant by it can be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it really can be fun, yeah, but only if I we let it. Get it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you, if you let yourself out of that contract to be who other people think you should be. Right. Or, or to run the track. Think you should be right. There's like a very clear, like, and we could all write this job description if we wanted to like life of a life and job description of an online coach has um, good Instagram branding, sends a weekly email, has a podcast, right? We could write out and lots of us are doing all that stuff, but for how many of us is it creating the result that we actually expected it to? And what if we quit doing what doesn't work? Like, yeah. what's there now? What's, I keep having this thing I want to share, but it keeps leaving my brain because it's so fresh for me. I can barely hang on to it. So maybe it'll come back later. Okay. Well, if I'm in the middle of a thought, please interrupt me. So I'll write it down. <laughs> we can hear it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's that when you were talking the life and job description of a good online coach, it kind of, sounds like the parallel of, you know, what people think a good mom is supposed right. to the do role. and be. Yeah. What yeah. that role should look like. And, you know, and why so many working moms tend to struggle with their role because they're like, I, I want to work. I enjoy my job and mm -hmm. I want to be a mom and I enjoy being a mom. And society is telling me I can't do both. And I can't do both. At least I can't do both. Well, mm -hmm. um, so it's sounds very similar to, to yeah. kind of that struggle. Yeah. And that ability that we all have and that we're all trained into of seeing a role and stepping into it and finding some comfort there sometimes mm -hmm. until we outgrow it or realize, yeah. oh, this isn't the role for this me. Doesn't align. Yeah. 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 And it's comfortable because it's comfortable. It's more comfortable to do it quote the right way mm -hmm. than to do it your way. <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, this is coming up a lot lately. There's a big difference between what's familiar and what's comfortable, mm. right? So we have these roles that we play, like it's very familiar for me to go home to my initial family and play the same role I've always played, but is it comfortable? Mm. That depends. Right. So just notice the difference. Like I'm yeah. doing all, Oh, I just remembered the thing. Okay. It is easier for me to be consistent than to be inconsistent. And so, and this is sort of the, what you learn how to do when you're new in business as a, especially as an online coach. And there's all these rules about what we should do. And everyone says, I need to have this, 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 and this do it regularly, build no like, and trust. I took all that stuff on. I've done it for over 10 years. So it's so easy for me to sit down and write 10 newsletters in 45 minutes and just have them lined up to go out and be consistent. It's so easy for me to do that. It's very hard for me to think, well, what if I didn't do that? What if the thing that I need isn't consistency? 
what if the thing that's going to grow me the most is being willing to give up the role of the person creating no like, and trust mm. for me to really show up and deliver what's here for the people who like that are coming in. Oh, wow. So that was my, that's my discomfort. I'm like, really? You want my email to not go out on Sunday? How does this work? I'm not saying it's the way I'm saying, I think there's something in there for me. What's at stake? Inconsistency. People will forget I exist. Mm. What if I don't do it at all? Right. Same fear. It's like uh, intuitive eating. I can't do that. I'll end up 400 pounds. Right. Like if I take, if I take the shackles off and I have all the freedom in some way or another, I'll ruin myself. Feel left to my own devices. Mm-hmm. And but I'm pretty sure that's not yeah. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something that I've really been experimenting a lot with over the last several months too, is this idea of letting myself off the hook. Mm-hmm. Like what if that was non-negotiable? I've tried to make it non-negotiable no matter what I get to let myself off the hook. Yeah. Cause what's the worst that's going to happen? oh, you know, my business is going to be ruined and, you know, mm-hmm. I won't show up or whatever, like all the same, same Who things. created the hook and who's on the other end of the hook? Like, yeah. It's and in so, it us. Yeah. I started letting myself off the hook and so far I, I haven't found any issues with it. <laughs> so have you found any positives? Oh yeah. yeah. Like what? Yeah. I just feel, um, I feel more free. I feel more, I feel less burdened. I feel less constrained. I feel less, um, I feel more me. I feel, um, less trapped, less stuck because if I get stuck, I'm like, okay, what do I want to (laughs) do? Right. I'm, I'm a resourceful human being. Yeah. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. Those are all such amazing words. Yeah. And one thing that you kept asking me um, when when you were coaching me, it was like, but you're the boss. What do you want to do? (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, I forgot. I'm the boss. We do. We weren't raised as bosses. I'm in charge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's actually how you put it. Like you're in charge. Yeah. You are in charge. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, if I were to ask the question, you know, like on your podcast, when I'm in charge, (laughs) I did write this down. I didn't prepare a lot for this, this, because I wanted it to be a free flowing conversation because I just feel like so much more comes out (laughs) Mm -hmm. right than when we plan. Um, And I have loved this conversation, but I did write this down. It's like, because I remember when I was in corporate, feeling this way and mm-hmm. thinking, oh my gosh, you know, if I'm ever the CEO, if I'm ever um, higher up than I think I'm ever going to be <laughs> in this company, whatever company it was that I was working for at the time, I'm going to honor people's strengths and believe in them no matter what, because that's really who I was as a manager. I was a life coach. like, I had my people's back no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> and I have never been one to give up easily. Um, I'm very determined, but I'm especially that way when it comes to people. And that's what I felt like was so wrong with, with corporate. Not that 
that corporate is bad or wrong or anything, you know, people are people and they're always doing the best they can. But I thought, you know, I am going to, to be there for people and I'm going to support them no matter what. I'm going to believe in what's possible for them because that's, that is part of my values. Yeah. That's who you are. Uh, Yeah. You've got that. That's like mama bear energy right there. Yeah. Like you're not going to mess with my people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really was very protective of the people under me. I didn't have like ever have like a ginormous team, but that they were like my top priority. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to always have their back. Yeah. I didn't always feel like that (laughs) from my leadership. And maybe that's, that's why that was so strong for me. I think that's where our values, you know, there's two ends of the spectrum. Our values stand out on it's those moments. We feel in such great alignment that it's like, it's just pouring out of us. It's like, Mm -hmm. what was, what was being honored in you? That's probably one of your top values Mm -hmm. on the other end. It's my value is getting stomped on and crushed and I am so pissed off. And I like want to, I want to like rage cry when I talk, (laughs) like that's one of my core values is definitely being stepped on. And that's the name of my podcast. When I'm in charge, that'll be different. Came from one of those moments when I was in high school, I was 14 years old. I went on to the JV basketball team and they didn't create a C team. And there were 19 of us and they even brought down people from varsity to play. So we had a bench of 26 people for games, JV games. Mm. We needed a C team. And I knew I was, the coach couldn't handle it. We weren't learning anything. We were just running. I was like, the administ- the coach couldn't make the decision to have a C team because the administration wouldn't either give them the money to have an extra coach or extra gym time, didn't empower them to cut people. Everyone was worried about what the parents would think. And so here we all are left with a bunch of adults who couldn't make the right decision mm-hmm. so that some people could have a great experience instead of everyone having a shitty experience. Oh, And I was just like, this is bullshit. So the next Sorry if I'm swearing on a non-swearing podcast. No, you're fine. (laughs) So the next year I went and I was a cheerleader and the Uh, coaching was impeccable. It was the best coaching experience I ever had in my life. I loved it. I went back to basketball the year after that. And it was back to smaller team size because so many people had quit. mm -hmm. Um, But it was, it was definitely a, this will show you who you are moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good example of instead of maximizing, then instead of maximizing a few, you minimize everybody. Right. To be truly inclusive, we have to be exclusive and it is uncomfortable, but it's actual leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a whole other topic. Whole other podcast. Whole other podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm writing it down though, because I love that. I, yeah. I need to find the who's for that topic of conversation mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> to be inclusive. We have to be exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Another one that takes courage. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, I mean, that's what it sounds like this podcast is coming down to, I haven't thought of a title yet <laughs> as we're recording this, but I, it definitely has to have courage in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my favorite quote, 
Did I send you this mug? Did I have these when we worked together? I don't think so. The mug says courage feels like shit. Oh, that's my, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. That's yeah. Sure. But, but that's how, you know, you're doing it right. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Love it. Well, you're speechless. Yeah. I mean, I was going (laughs) to say, I don't have a defined throat. So normally I don't, I generally don't have a lot to say, but I feel like I had a lot to say today, (laughs) but now I'm out of things to say. (laughs) So do you have anything else you want to share? I do. I have one thing. Okay. So um, I put everything in my coaching business building brain into a course called lead your profit. And I priced it at $197. So it could be super accessible for coaches and yeah. I'll share the link with you so that you can share it here in case that would be helpful for anyone. And it's really just how to learn how to love yourself as a business owner, how to learn how to love your clients, where they are and who they are and learning how to love the process of showing up for them and of showing up for yourself to create the kind of business that you want to have. Um, I'm proud of it. I love it. And I want people to have it. Oh, I love that. I mean, $197. That's like, I know. Yeah. So if you had to encapsulate like what in a sentence or two, what lead your profit does for coaches, um, it's, it's, would it be, um, how to, what, what is it? Where did the title come from? Lead your profit. Sorry. That was that, all yeah, that's, <laughs> that came out of a time in my coaching practice where I had been working with a whole bunch of people who had learned how to sell, but had, had not learned how to have money or manage money or be in charge of their businesses that had money in them. And so I saw this whole, like, it's one thing to know how to sell and make sales, but if you don't know what to do after that, that's, that's harmful to you, to your family, to your calendar and to your clients. So it's really about, okay, you want to be out there. You want to sell coaching. You want to make money. You want to help people. Like, let's really do that though. So there is selling in there, but there's also messaging. There's what to do with your money. There's how to create a calendar that works for you as a coach. We kind of cover all the bases because ultimately what I want people to be able to do by leading their profit is take incredible care of themselves and their clients and run high integrity businesses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's really about, um, how to be a leader in your business rather Mm -hmm. than just showing up and, um, doing all of the things in your business. So how to really lead a business that is profitable and not only financially, but emotionally. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you think about the whole green movement in the world. It's, it's like running a green business from a mental and exactly. emotional sustainable. And impact uh, standpoint. Yeah. Sustainable. Yeah. Sustainable profit. business is really important for me. Yeah. I mean, my parents started a business in 1983. I was two years old. It's still going today. I, actually, I think I'm wrong. I think it started the year before I was born in 1980. So it's like 40 some odd years old. 
And it's important to run sustainable businesses because that's what grows our families and grows our communities. Mm. The better we get at running these businesses that we started, no matter how much of that clouding we have going on about our own self-worth in the world or how to be a coach, like this is how the world changes is we get small business owners profitable and leading with their values. That changes everything. Yeah. I love that. So I hope everybody who's listening goes out and, and not only gets that course for 197, but actually yeah, goes through it. it and applies it and learns how to run a sustainable business. Because I know that all of my clients are extremely interested in building and running sustainable businesses because they don't want to sacrifice themselves, don't want to sacrifice their values, don't want to sacrifice uh, their lives, um, you know, the lives that they have built Mm -hmm. to run a business. And so I think that's really awesome that you're doing that and doing that for such an accessible price. So thank you so much for, for all that you do for the coaching industry. Thank you. And thank you. Love talking about money. All all the money things with Jill. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here and I look forward to chatting again soon. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. All right. Awesome. That was such a fun conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, I guess maybe a when it's live, it's a lot more fun. I don't know, but, uh, I would love to hear, uh, the takeaways, but I wanted to share a few of my favorite parts of this conversation and a few takeaways as a recap. So in case you missed them, you can go back and listen to them again. One of the the ones it's all made up. So what if we went through our lives believing that? How do we know what's possible or impossible? Why not just believe that we get to make it up? And how do you want to experience that? How do you want to explore that? How do you want to model that for whoever is watching you? And then another one, what's going to make you successful is everything that you don't like about yourself. Now, uh, this is something that I have found recently. Uh, Some of the liabilities that I thought I had actually turned out to be assets. So what if some of your liabilities are actually assets? What if you are actually an asset? Uh, What if you are way more valuable than you ever imagined you could be? Um, Being you is what makes you stand out. What limits have you experienced that might make you even more valuable? Some of the experiences that we go through in life are tough and they're, you know, challenging and they make us more of who we are, right? They make us stand out. They grow us and they shape us and they make us more valuable. So another one, I, the more I tap into who I am and walk that path, this is one from Karin, there's less resistance and more momentum, but also more courage is required. And I totally agree. Being who I am is easier and it can also be harder. So when you're you, you at least have a solid foundation to build on. And when you can be you, when you can have the courage to be you, you release the drag. When you have the courage to be you, you already have 
all the answers you need. Another one we noticed it takes a village to build a coaching business. And so a question that I'll leave you with is who's in your village? So I'd love to hear some of your favorites. I'd love to know what you took away from this episode. I love having conversations with other coaches and it's a special joy when I get to share some of those conversations with all of you. So I've orchestrated that for the entire month of June. So you don't get to just listen to me, you get to listen to my conversations with four different coaches. And this was just the first of those conversations that I'm going to share with you in the month of June. So be sure to check in for a new conversation each week. What makes selling so hard? Selling is hard because there are too many rules. We think we want someone to give us the formula. The only problem is we have a problem with that formula. (laughs) So the rules don't apply to us. Those rules don't work for us. We start thinking, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. It's so frustrating. It's so discouraging. But maybe the problem is not you. Maybe the problem is just the rules. At my 2022 Elevate You Retreat, we're burning down the rules. We're writing new rules. We're writing rules that fit us to a T. At the retreat, I'll be coaching you. I've got experts coming in to support you and help you with your selling process. You'll have lots of opportunities to test and refine your selling process and get real constructive, encouraging feedback before you take it out and use it. You'll have lots of opportunities to change it up and just customize it truly to who you are and how you like to do things, how you operate in the world. We're doing all of this September 22nd through the 27th in Nashville, Tennessee. Elevate You Retreat 2022 is all about selling without rules so that selling can be easy. And if selling can be easy, maybe money, making money can be easy. So come to Elevate Retreat 2022, elevate you, elevate your selling, design your process with your rules that work for you so you can sell and feel good doing it. Going to www.jillwrightcoaching.com slash elevate dash retreat to claim your spot. <music>